Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Our episode today is a recording of the sermon from this past Sunday, Sunday, May 16th. Pastor Gary was our preacher, and he looked at texts from John's gospel, as well as another text from the book of Acts, where the disciples uh, figure out how to replace Judas when they replace him with Matthias. I'll leave it to Pastor Gary now to take it from here, but of course, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, sharing this podcast with family and friends. Continue to do that. Uh, If you think of it, leave a review for us on iTunes. That really does help the whole algorithm so that people can find this podcast. And we're really excited about the summer ahead and the new episodes coming up. So keep listening, tell your friends, and if you have any ideas or suggestions, don't ever hesitate to email me, nate at bethany-denver.org. But now, here is the sermon from this past Sunday. Now, when you hear me read that passage of John, and if you read along with it yourself, if you're like me, you're asking yourself, how in the world did John capture this? What was happening at that last time? Was John there at the Passover meal with a big sheet of parchment and a quill furiously writing down as Jesus prayed this? And if not, it had to have been maybe years later that he gathered other disciples around him. And he said, remember that beautiful prayer that Jesus had at the Last Supper talking to us about um, him being in the world and us being in the world but not being in the world and the truth that would come because he was one and we're one with him so therefore we're one with God and that we're sanctified in all of that and we're protected in all of that. You remember that prayer? And they said, yeah. He said, let's capture that. Let's write it down. And to think they were going to come anywhere close to what Jesus said. But somehow we have this beautiful prayer with us that that John and likely others reconstructed from understanding how Jesus poured out his heart in the midst of that meal, how he poured out his heart to God on behalf of those who were gathered there with him. And that's really what we see happening here, is the way that Jesus turns to his disciples blesses them in the midst of the of the prayer asks for god's protection on them them not knowing what is about to happen but jesus clearly does and just wants them to know that jesus continues to still be with them that that he sees them as one and so they are but it really creates some questions when we read in verse 14 in the midst of that that Jesus praying to God says the world has hated them that is the disciples and when I look at that I think we were just five days ago from the Palm Sunday we were just five days ago the disciples with Jesus having this wonderful experience of him coming into Jerusalem and now Jesus is saying the world hated them And I have to admit, I was really baffled by this in the midst of a Bible study on Monday morning with some people here. Somebody said, you know, I wonder if what Jesus is talking about here is the fact that the actions that the disciples have taken and will continue to take were just so different 
that people couldn't understand them. And that opened up new expressions of what that might mean. That when we think about these things, we might say what the disciples were going to do from here. Sometimes we would say, I don't know if they're, if they're all about changing the world, but I'm not sure that the world could go on without them. Because what we would hear the disciples do going forward is continuing to spread a message of love beyond the limits that people could have understood at that time. That they would preach a message of forgiveness that continues to come through repentance. That they would go out and love the unlovable. That they would invite those who rarely get invited. That way they would make people feel special who are continue to feel downtrodden, they would seek them out with this message. And somebody say, is, is that the way the world works? And the church should respond, that's the only way the world will work, is if we take that message to others. And so in the midst of that beautiful prayer, not only are we handed over to God's protection, but we're also told the world might have messages about how things are, but God has a message about how things must be in order for the world to find its fulfillment. Even in the midst of that first hymn that we sang this morning, it talked about that sense of fulfillment that comes. And I think that takes us right into our first lesson for this morning. Sometimes during this Easter season that we've been in, and today the last Sunday of our Easter season, through that time, those first couple of weeks when we're in Easter, all of the readings are still about Easter day. It feels like we go three weeks in the, in the worship cycle and we never advance even a day in the, in the resurrection timeline. And now we have here in the gospel, it feels like we take a few steps back, but our first reading from the book of Acts this is right in our time frame. But we should ask, as we look at that, the first three words I read about this passage from Acts were those words, in those days. Now, if you see that, in those days, at the beginning of a reading, what should you be asking yourself? I heard somebody shout it out. Somebody shout it. What days? I think I heard somebody say that. What days? That's what you should be asking. If you hear somebody say, you know, in these days that took place, what days are we talking about? What we're talking about is like in a timeline from Easter that we've been living, it's in this time. This is post-ascension, and the ascension happened 40 days after the resurrection, but we're before Pentecost. As I mentioned, this is the last Sunday of Easter. Next Sunday, we celebrate the festival of Pentecost and move into that season. So we know we're between 40 and 50 days. That is, we're right now, the disciples gathering. They've been locked away in that upper room, still are at times, but they're getting out some. They have about 120 people around, and Peter is talking to them and they realize that things aren't quite complete. Because as people of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, if people who were led out of slavery and went into the promised land, they would know the importance of the 12 tribes of Israel and the sense that having 12 
was a message of completeness for them, but they have 11 now with Judas taking his course, and so they need to add to their number so they can again show the completeness of the gospel message even in the midst of having 12 who are appointed to be the, the, the apostles in this ministry. And they could have gone about this in really practical terms. In fact, as I read, read that passage from Acts, I'm like, they should have been very practical about whom they chose because two were lifted up for them. One was named Matthias. The other one, this is what we're told. Well, it was Joseph who was called Barsabbas. And I'm sure somebody would just say, did you just say Barabbas? And then, no, 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 Barsabbas, different person than Barabbas. Okay, I still don't think I know him. Well, you probably don't know him by that name because he's also called Justice. So wait, he's Joseph or is he a Barsabbas or is he Justice? And then somebody would have said, let's just take Matthias. That sounds a lot easier in all of this. But what the disciples said is, we need to turn this over to God's care. I love the language that they used. Lord, you know everyone's heart. It's so beautiful that when Peter started talking to the people about what they needed to do, he conjured up the prophecy. He could have just said the prophecy, but he said the prophecy that was foretold through David, talking about how do we get back to capturing God's heart in our own. And that's what they were seeking. So then they did something quite extraordinary, if you think about this. They cast lots to see whom God would choose. But when's the last time in Scripture we heard about people casting lots? The soldiers who were casting lots to see who would win Jesus' garments. And so we take this idea of casting lots, this, this sense of almost horror at the cross, and we turn it over to God's spiritual care of us, even as we turn ourselves over to the care of God. And so they cast lots, and the lot did fall on Matthias, and he was added, and there was a sense of completeness to what they would have moving forward. And in a way, they may have felt like they just got called back into this prayer, back into this prayer of what God wanted for them, back into this prayer of understanding that they had something to go out into the world to share and know that they could do so, counting on the fact that God was going to be with them. It's almost as if in this time, as, as we're right on the cusp of Pentecost, it seems like for Peter and the disciples, they were right on the cusp of a new beginning. Maybe that's where we feel a little bit ourselves. We're right on the cusp of a new beginning, of, of new, new possibilities to be together, new openness to share with the people who are around us. And a way to think about that is not a way to say, can we ever get back? Instead, we might say, we know we have a path forward because God has been with us all along. And that's where we find ourselves as a church. 
A church proclaiming that God has been with us all along and that God has a, a future expectation for us. And I actually relish those times when people see what the church does and somebody says, you love people no matter what? You extend forgiveness and grace? You invite those who are the, the least of those among us and you freely open your arms to them? Can the world really work like that? The world only works when it works like that. It's the future of the church. It's the future of the people of God. And it's our call as disciples, apostles, and evangelists to make that work for the sake of the world. Amen.